bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us. I'm glad that you have returned to hear the podcast. This is our monthly uh, news podcast where I share a few news items from the last month and uh, then give my take on it based upon our principles that we've been learning uh, on these podcasts. Now, as we get into the news, uh, there's four items I want to share today and our last item, a very touching moment uh, from history uh, ended uh, this last month. But uh, I want to talk about, first of all, a news item that had hit the news uh, a lot recently, and that is that this this uh, towering condo in Miami, Florida collapsed. It, I can't remember how many stories, but very tall uh, condo building where you know people lived in apartments um, it just collapsed to the ground and uh, many many people died uh, it killed the collapse killed several people and unfortunately many bodies uh, were still missing and uh, eventually the rescue crews and those searching for the missing bodies had to finally give up because there was a hurricane approaching and it would have caused more problems and so they had to get the rest of the building torn down and had to uh, get the rubble removed so it didn't cause further problems with this hurricane and unfortunately they had to give up their efforts and tear the rest of the building down without all of the victims being found and uh, this is just a horrific story uh, that came from this Um, and I can only imagine what the families especially those who weren't found what were these families uh, feeling and of course just the last moments of some of these people's lives uh, and the ones who lived through it what they experienced during those moments of their apartment just collapsing to the ground from high off the ground and uh, but what is most telling to me in this story is the negligence of officials inspecting the building apparently they're, they're come trying to separate the facts in this story and when i do these news stories it's always tricky to get the facts right but apparently there was a lack of inspections and when there was inspections they weren't done completely and and so yeah, I would say that justice, when we're talking about creating a just society right where we are, justice begins with the most basic things, such as building safety for occupants. I mean, people spend a lot of time in their dwelling, and people should expect safety in the building. And how we build buildings shows whether we see and recognize the dignity in others. Now, you may think that's silly, and you may think that that's uh, just a weird random thought, but it's really not. Uh, uh, And I don't have all the facts, but I think that people should be held accountable for this. Officials need to be held to count, and if they did not, if it's proved that they did not inspect properly or not at all, they need to be held accountable. If there's problems with the construction of the building or with the land around the building, 
people need to be held accountable, folks. It's it, this just should not happen. A building just randomly collapsing to the ground, a tower, and killing people. Now, if you've read the Christian Bible, you'll know in the Old Testament. Uh, There's a lot of laws in the Old Testament that the Jewish people had to follow, but one of those laws was how they built their houses. I thought it was interesting. One time I was reading uh, in the Old Testament and and the Torah, and it's interesting because it informs us how to build the roof of our house. Now, most of us have roofs that are slanted and, you know, the typical what you think of as an American roof or European roof, but... Back then, they built flat roofs, and they would even hold parties on the roof of their house because it was flat. And so there was laws around having a railing around your house and and having your roof built in such a way that no one was injured or could lose their life by being up on the roof of your house. And so uh, even then, it says, you know, there is a way of justice in how you build the roof of your house so that your neighbor is not harmed. And really, when we talk about social justice or creating a just society, you know, we're talking about looking out for each other and looking out for our neighbor, not just our neighbor in what we think of a neighborhood, but our neighbor being anybody who comes across our path. Now, to end this particular uh, thought, uh, I just want us to stop and just remember those who died and the loved ones who were left behind. But I also want to remind us of how temporary this life is. This life has such a temporary nature to it. Yeah, nature to it. And just think about all the people in your life that have come and gone. Maybe you've had spouses that have come and gone or through divorce or death Maybe you've had a best friend who you thought would be your BFF, your best friend for life or forever, but now they're gone. Maybe they died or maybe you just parted ways. Friends, loved ones, romantic relationships come and they've gone. You've had finances that were great and then you became poor or vice versa. Or you've had circumstances that you thought would last forever, and then those circumstances did a 180. You see, this life is so very temporary. You could be sitting in an apartment building, and that apartment building just randomly collapses, and next thing you know, you're gone. Or you're severely injured or paralyzed or something. Or you lose a loved one sitting in their condo when it happens. Folks, we, we can't... We can't just goof around in this life. We have to be serious about making things right that we need to make right. And I encourage you any relationships that you need to be to make right, make those relationships right. I know someone who recently passed away and they had a lot of broken relationships in their life that they never reconciled. And I just encourage you to reconcile what you can. Uh, in your life before it's too late. So that's about that story. Let's move on to the next uh, story in the news is the education systems. I'm talking especially here in the United States of America, but I I named this news item education systems because there's actually a thousand news items under that category. But there's a lot of things going on in the education, especially the public education systems in our high schools, our universities, and Basically, they're becoming places of indoctrination rather than education, uh, pushing the government agenda. 
and to be honest with you, it reminds me of Hitler's youth. You know, Hitler developed a, a schooling or, or what they called re-education camps and stuff to educate the youth uh, around Hitler's uh, agenda. Basically, it was brainwashing. If you want an example, if you've seen uh, the musical The Sound of Music, you know, the, the boy Rolf, the teenage uh, boy Rolf, who was in love with uh, uh, Captain Von Trapp's oldest daughter, you know, and Rolf was a friend of the family. And then he just suddenly turned because he had been reeducated. And all he could think about was Hitler's agenda and being a good uh, Nazi soldier. And so... <clears throat> Unfortunately, if I'm clearing my throat and coughing a lot uh, during this or you hear some coughs, I'm trying to turn away from the microphone, but uh, recovering from COVID-19 and a combination of pneumonia, uh, it was a bad time in my life. I'm recovered except for this ongoing cough and dry mouth that may last for a few months. So I apologize ahead of time. Uh, but, you know, we have to understand what the nature of true education is because i mean there there's so many stories around the education systems around parents at pta meetings you know my child should not be required to wear a mask for covid 19 or or uh, you, you you hear stories of teachers only giving one side or of a story or rewriting history in their class just all kinds of things that you hear uh, especially i think we talked about last time this this thing about uh, the the racial thing uh, uh, in classrooms and the critical race theory, just all kinds of things happening. But let's talk about the true nature of education, because I want to start a conversation around education because news stories are just going to keep coming out. And I, I would be chasing my tell if I were to chase every news story around the education system. But what would be better is to give you principles to go on so you can properly evaluate these news stories. But true education allows for freedom of thought. You've got to know that. In true education, it allows for freedom of thought. It teaches people how to think, not what to think. And so it doesn't teach students so much that one plus one is two, but how is that? How do you arrive to that? How do you arrive to truth? How do you arrive to knowledge? Not what to think. Education is also important for the functioning of a, tr- of a strong society in the future. So that's why we have to get our a handle on this education system that's spinning out of control because it's important for the functioning of a strong society. It's why other societies are bypassing uh, America is because they've got a uh, handle. I mean, I've done work in Kenya and East Africa with the poor. And when I went into their elementary schools, these little kids were learning concepts in math and language that were far advanced than high schoolers in America. Eh, they're going to be ahead of us, folks, and they already are. Um, so one way that you can bring a just society to your area is ensuring a good education uh, and good schools in your area. And one thing that you could do is go to, uh, I said PTA meetings earlier, but I meant school board meetings. You could go to school board meetings, have your voice heard, and I would encourage you, if you believe in a education system that's strong that teaches the truth and that uh 
teaches kids how to think and not what to think, get on the school board. Don't just go to the meetings, but be part of the school board and just see things turn around. And of course, if it's possible for you, one way you can have your voice heard is just pull your kid out of the school and, and put them in a different school. A lot of parents are doing that now, especially with public schools. Parents are beginning to pull their kids out of that and putting them in private schools or homeschooling them. So uh, we still have choices, and I encourage you to exercise your choices. Now, one piece of news that I really want to hit on is the immigration crisis. At the southern border of the United States, there's an immigration crisis uh, happening, and uh, people are flooding the country uh, illegally, um, some bringing drugs in, uh, some bringing crime in, but some also uh, just trying to make a better life for themselves. And I want to talk about this immigration crisis because there's been, I've listened to the radio, I've read the, uh, the news, there's as many opinions as there are people. Let me add to that. <clears throat> when it comes to the immigration crisis, there are two sides to this. First of all, people are suffering. There may be immig uh, people immigrating because they're being trafficked for sex. Their parents may have been killed and kids trying to escape and get to the United States for safety. Uh, people just stuck in, in impoverished countries that have collapsed and they're just trying to get here to make a better life for themselves. That's the one side. The other side is there are some bad apples. There are drug cartel uh, bringing drugs in. Yeah, they need to be taken care of, but we can't judge them all the same because you don't know all the stories now this is something that i have got to say and that needs to be said when it comes to the immigration crisis at the mexican border uh, where mexico and the united states meets and that is that america must remain humble in my discussions with people i've heard a lot of prideful things said, some mean things said about the people coming into the United States, and but we have got to remain humble. And you know why? Because we have to remember that Americans are immigrants as well who forced their way into this onto this continent. Remember, before the Europeans came over and created the United States of America, uh, there were the indigenous people living here. And we committed mass murder as a nation we committed genocide and yes i hate to burst your bubble but a lot of these forts that we have around the united states were at one time concentration camps just across the border from oregon into washington is a fort where there were children who were tortured and put to death in a concentration camp there that is native americans children by the Europeans who settled in Oregon and Washington. America's got to remain humble with this crisis because we did the same thing these people are doing. We came over illegally. We committed genocide. 
and we forced our way onto this continent and we did great harm to the land in the process and did great harm to the people who lived here before us. And maybe, just maybe, this is karma. Maybe this crisis at the southern border of the United States is just karma coming back around for what we've done in the past. And maybe uh, as Americans, we just need to get on our knees and repent of our past and to make things right with the Native Americans. Really, the indigenous people is what I call them because they weren't Americans because America didn't exist back then. They were just people who lived here on the land before the Europeans did. Now, if you're a Christian listening to this podcast, I want to remind you that the Bible commands that we treat immigrants like citizens. The Jewish people were commanded in the scriptures to over and over again to treat immigrants like citizens. And from time to time, famines would come to Israel, uh, drought, uh, disease, all kinds of bad things would happen. And the prophets would come along and remind the people that there's a bunch of reasons why this is happening, but one of the reasons is because you have treated the immigrant poorly. God expects the creator, the one who created the Mexican people, the white people, African people, uh, the, the indigenous people, the one who created all people expects us to be kind and compassionate to those who are immigrating here. Yes, there are bad actors. There are people coming here to cause trouble. There's no doubt about that. But there are many more people who are coming here because their life is hell in their home country, and they are desperately seeking a place where they can live their lives uh, and thrive and, and be safe. And so... We have so much in America to repent of for what we did to the natives who lived here before us. And how can we complain of the current crisis? The next time you're in a conversation about the immigration crisis at the border, I just encourage you to be humble, to remind your friends and family, hey, we've, we've got to reflect on our past to understand the present. Now, finally, I want to share a story from history, a story of an Auschwitz survivor who recently died. I got this from Newsmax and uh, of a, the last survivor of the Auschwitz Women's Orchestra who recently passed away. And this uh, title of this is one of the last survivor of the uh, Auschwitz Women's Orchestra dies. I'm having a hard time pronouncing the person's last name, so I'll call her by her first name as we continue the story. But Esther Bejarano, one of the last survivors of the Women's Orchestra at Auschwitz, has died at the age of 96, the story says. Uh, Esther, who played the accordion in the Auschwitz Orchestra, died in the night from Friday to Saturday, uh, according to the uh, Marin Mendel, the head of the Frankfurt-based organization. Esther survived Auschwitz because, listen to this, it says Esther 
Bergano uh, survived the Auschwitz because she played the accordion in the camp's orchestra. She dedicated her life to music and to the fight against racism and anti-Semitism. An important voice in the fight against racism and anti-Semitism has left us, uh, said German's foreign minister. Uh, paying tribute to her vitality, incredible story, we'll miss her. Uh, the the foreign minister continued, uh, Esther was born in Saralouas. Uh, these are all extremely difficult uh, European names, but she was born in Sarah Lewis in 1924. Esther was deported to the Nazi extermination camp in April of 1943 before being transferred to another camp in Ravensbrück in November of that same year. Her parents and her sister were murdered by the Nazis. Uh, and so this woman survived Auschwitz, even though her family was killed by playing an instrument in an orchestra. Can you imagine? Think of a musical instrument that you like to play or you like to listen to and imagine that your whole life depended on playing that instrument. That the only way for you to avoid death, a horrible death by the Nazis, is to just keep playing that instrument and that's what she did and you're playing that instrument at the same time you're experiencing deep emotional pain because your parents and family had been killed by the nazis the story goes on to say that after world war ii esther went to palestine and lived in israel for nearly 15 years before returning to germany where in recent years she was warned about the rise of the far right in Germany. And there is a fourth Reich trying to rise in Germany right now. For those who live through that, it is impossible to describe how serious is the rise of Germany's far right, AFD party, and the anti-Islam movement, uh, uh, one woman said. Bergiano, who wrote a number of autobiography no uh, autobiographical novels, and worked for the International Auschwitz Committee as well. She was recruited for the Auschwitz Women's Orchestra, knowing only how to play the piano, but not the accordion. So this is an instrument, the accordion, that she didn't even know how to play, but she played it for dear life to avoid death. The orchestra played for camp prisoners and for deportees as they arrived there on trains. Speaking to uh, on the radio in night to Deutsche Welle uh, Radio in 2014, Esther said, you knew they were going to be gasped and all you could do was stay there and play. Wow, what a story. And this is why we, we can't cancel history. You know, we talked at last month's news podcast about this idea of canceling history and the whole cancel culture but you can't cancel history because we have so many lessons to learn from history both negative and positive and i hope you were touched by that story i just had to share that story may god bless esther with peace and rest for her soul now thank you esther for giving us a beautiful example from history and I encourage you to take Esther's example and to take up the mantle because it wasn't just 
about her survival of Auschwitz, but what she did with her life afterwards. So this is why, folks, we cannot cancel history. We've got far too many lessons to learn. And as Esther pointed out and others that that this party is rising up in Germany that appears to want to be as dangerous as the Nazi party was, and we can't be canceling history because we've got to learn how to fight it, how to stop it, and and what the real dangers are we're facing. I want to know your comments. I want to know what you think of these news stories because you might open my eyes to things I didn't consider as well. I hope you have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us today. Feel free to email me, contact me, and I'd love to have a conversation with you. Have a blessed day. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. 